0: I also like the idea that like, if the Maidens ever disappear, the Chosens of Secrets like immediately become like Crypto Dude Bros, where it's like, sign up for our (laughs) thing and we'll teach you seven secret tricks to make money in the realm now, or something like that. (laughs) But (laughs) I do very much like the Sidereals. It's the one group I get, I think.
1: Uh, They're kind of the mages of Exalted, so...
0: Yeah. In fact, in the revised (laughs) Laws of Ascension Premium Edition, there's a letter from a Sidereal that's like, yo... I'm you, which is funny because people are like, oh, the connections are always vague between the world of darkness and the age of sorrows. And I'm like, Mm. <laughs> not they, this one, but yeah. They it, obviously were that's except gone. except for that yes. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and obviously that was abandoned in later editions and like the yeah. idea of connecting them is a little bit garbage. It's kind it, of
1: fun. It sort of lost its legs like halfway through first edition. Like clearly it was <laughs> one of the ideas that yes. they had and it is kind of a cool idea, but like you reach a point where you are like creation is not earth and it's very yeah. clearly not even pangaea. Where like what happened? <laughs> It didn't even make sense from that. Like the
0: the conceit, the analogy I will have is somebody running in a very nice looking but poorly made costume and like pieces are just kind of falling off and eventually you're just like, <laughs> Do we keep with the charade or do we No, okay, we're just gonna pivot. No, you're just okay. put on the hockey okay. mask. Yeah. Um <laughs>
1: experience. This is a podcast with a deeper look at the play experience and the finer details of running and writing games. We are two queer people speaking with authority about games. I'm here with a different co-host. Please welcome Terry Robinson of Mage the Podcast. Um, I guess also my co-worker sometimes, technically. Hi, Mage fans. (laughs) And yes, we sweared, I'm out about it.
0: Yes, yes. And in our last conversation, we talked about our experience with... Dungeons and Dragons players or, or players where Dungeons and Dragons was their previous only RPG experience and how that seemed to systematically differ from other players. I think one of the interesting things though that we get out of that is they often have a very clear notion of progression. And I think this feeds into a question of I have and a fight I am willing to start which is do people actually want character development in their RPG characters when they say they want character development and I think the things though that I do find interesting about the D&D play experience is kind of this notion of level that all the things the character does will grow in a certain way so there's this baked in notion of kind of character growth and one of the things that i have found in the rpg discourse that i'm not sure how i feel about it he said Mm -hmm. pivoting suddenly between topics is (laughs) the notion of do people actually want character development and i am going to say that there is a not insubstantial group of people that Mm -hmm. say they want character development but they don't now this is dependent on a couple of definitions to me there are three things that could be described as character development the first is character advancement your character gets new things they can do new bits and bobs i got a new charm so your character (laughs) has developed in the sense that the way they approach a challenge has changed because there's literally a new tool in the toolbox right yes the second is character, what I'm going to call discovery, which is mm-hmm. two components, you figuring out how you want to play your character, where someone's like, okay. oh, what does your character want for dinner? Oh, I've never thought about what my character wants for dinner. Well, they were raised oh, here, God. but like, they always... like
1: Right, like, well, what hobbies do they have? And you're like, what? what?
0: <laughs> and filling in backstory, does your character have any siblings? Does your character have any exes running around out there? And so on. Right. And that to me can be called character development, but I think when most people say character development, they don't necessarily mean that. So that that to me is backstory completion okay, or filling out your character. And the okay. last one is the set of personality traits that your character has that are different than when you started that are not tied to the first two, which is a real wordy okay. way of saying your character went out in the world, your character experienced mm-hmm. some stuff, and now your character thinks different things and more importantly, acts in the world in a different way.
1: Okay,
0: your character, okay, your young idealistic character is realizes that the system they work for is broken and that all of their time has been wasted to pick a particularly emotionally brutal one.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, That's that's pretty, that's pretty fucking brutal. I I think you can also experience this positively, but go on.
0: Yeah. Your character learns to trust someone else. Your character was an angry loner. You join an adventure group as the Logan of your group and you find your proxy daughter character. um, And then you create a multi-billion dollar X-Men franchise that they haven't figured out how to iterate on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um just
1: as a random example.
0: Yes. I mean I think all I think that was part of Campbell's hero's journey, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that, was, mm-hmm. yeah, that was Yeah, that some, yeah, was somewhere the, between it's, descent it's very and the important. underworld and yeah. So that third type where if we were to rewind the clock on your character, they would fundamentally make different choices, even controlling for power, where your character is now bitter, or your character is now innocent, or your character has learned to love, or your character has learned not to love and trust other people. I that third type of character development, which is I think what a lot of us mean when we say character development, is not necessarily something people want to have their character actually experience because frequently it involves a mix of trauma and triumph from the world. It is hard to role play responding to that. And I think in a lot of cases, we fall in love with a certain image of our character and we don't necessarily want that to change. And again, codicils on this, this does not apply to everyone. I'm merely indicating the universe of people who say, I really want to see character development is smaller than it actually is.
1: <laughs> so I have so many thoughts about this. Obviously... Character advancement is the easiest thing that people are interested in. And I've actually encountered people who aren't that interested in character advancement. Okay. Yeah, I've encountered some people who like to role play. They like inhabiting a character. They like hanging out with friends. They like playing the game. And if their character gets stronger, cool. Like that's a fun benefit. Like I've definitely played with some people who are just not that into getting stronger or like leveling up or whatever. It happened because that's how game a lot of games go. And the second one, I know some people who are very interested in like writing the backstory ahead of time. And I'm certainly one of those GMs Who's like, don't write me a novel because I please don't have time to read it. Please don't do to that to me. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Please, no, I, don't, I don't like. I don't have time to read it. And like, if you want me to know all these weird specific details that you've already fleshed out, then there's nothing interesting for me to buy into. This is a two-way street. If you want to write about like your tragic past leading up to this point, that's fine. And if that's an exercise you want to engage in, that's cool. But like, if you want your ex to show back up, you just kind of gotta be like, I have an ex. She hates me. That's all I need. I'll fill in the rest. Or if there's something very specific that you want to see, like, she hates me, but also we kind of ended on good terms. So it's a complicated hate and it's like, cool, delicious. I'll figure that one out. Don't give me a full fleshed out profile with your like, I made this shipping chart for you. It's just like, that's too much. I gotta be surprised too.
0: When you said shipping chart, I thought you were talking about the long run, the guild logistics game that I want to have in Exalted, and then I'm like, oh no, that means a different thing to many people.
1: Yeah, I'm not talking. I'm not talking about logistics. I am talking about kissing.
0: I'm talking about logistics, <laughs> the far deadlier of the two. Uh, but when I say character development do you think people are generally talking about that third category or do you think they're talking about all all three
1: i think people combine the, the last two into the same thing and the people who are interested both in like Disco- character discovery slash backstory development and the people who are interested in seeing where their character ends up are interested in both of those things informing each other. Some people, I think, are attached to the iconic idea of their character and some mm-hmm. people are not. And I think some people who are interested in character discovery and background development are more likely to allow their character to change than people who aren't. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, And I think saying this out loud, because I only understand things when I've said it out loud to another human being, is that because I approach games as we are a group of writers, Mm -hmm. it is not your character, it is our story. And that changes maybe who wants to have development occur. Where it's one of those things where someone says, well, I want this event to happen, but for that to happen, this character kind of has to be different. And then character development occurs because you're like, well, how can I justify that within the story? Well, your character is now bitter because this happened. And ta-da, character development has occurred. Where if someone is more of a, this is my character in this story, it is now much more up to that person performing that character to say, hey, do I want this character to change?
1: Yeah, I've, I've also like, sometimes I think the third one, because when you were explaining it and talking about your approaches to it, I'm like, that is also something that happens without people consciously thinking about it, especially if okay. the, your people are invested in the change, like I just said, because there have been times, and I'm going to talk about just me, me as a player, where there have been times where I've been like, I really loved this character. I really liked the story that we told through this one campaign and I would like to play them again. Some people don't do this. Some people some people do this all the time because I'm actually considering replaying a character right now. And when I sit down to replay this character in a new system or to carry them over into something else, obviously you're gonna have to change some details because not every game is the same. But like looking at this character and being like, so where in their development do I want to begin again with it? Because I have had a bunch of characters who like really grew a lot over the course of the game because I am the sort of person interested in character discovery and therefore I am open to my character changing. Looking at this character who's, whose arc was about learning, to literally learning to be a better person and to treat other people with humanity and to, you know, stop being a product of a toxic environment, do I reset the clock back to being very much a product of that environment? Because she certainly learned her lesson by the end of the game and was a different person with a different outlook. <laughs> and I... Didn't consciously decide for that to be the character's arc. That's just how the change happened because I'm open to change. And it was a slow growth, which I thought was very interesting because the character is from it was in a fantasy species who live a long life so it was very interesting to me also that like a character who's not immortal but very long lived also took a very long time to come around on the lesson
0: When you say that in such vague terms i really hope you're talking about like shub or something or like a great old one who really had a change of heart
1: no uh so we <laughs> played in a homebrew mecha game and me and one of my friends played giants in this mecha game so instead mm. of being like the escaflone we were just like really big people who like i wrote up bunch of lore for many many years ago and it was like one of my favorite characters and h has since oh and the system was hot garbage (laughs) h has since like redone a whole bunch of excellent mecha rules and was like hey if we if i redid this in that old setting would you want to redo this and i revisit these ideas bring them into 2022 instead of 2006 revisit that idea revisit this character and I was like hell yeah then I you know had that whole like where would I pick this character back up do I reset her story does she learn to be less of an asshole again or do I treat her as a new character from the end of that arc where she starts off a lot more pleasant than before
0: Monica, I think one of the most important aspects of character development is to stop in the middle to explain the things that have made the game possible. What makes bonus experience possible?
1: Right. BXP and the mid-episode break room are brought to you by the Misdirected Mark Network. Bing! Thank you. (laughs) Become a BXP patron. Patrons get to chat with us directly. They get special Discord roles. and. Now I can promise exclusive content. There are two preview episodes of our new show bonus level, and they will continue to come out until I have a season together, at which point they will go live on YouTube. But you get it early, patrons. And if you would rather support BXP without Patreon, you can always subscribe on Ko-fi instead, ko-fi.com slash bonus exp, which also, if you give us one-off donations, you can have immediate access to the bonus level episodes. Or you can go buy our stuff. Go to bxpcast.com slash bxpswag and check out our merch page. From that page, there's also a link. Don't forget, Bonus Experience is sponsored by Nerdy Kepi, where you can get all kinds of really fucking cool queer swag. Remember to use code BXPCAST at checkout for 10% off. And that never expires. Their stuff is high quality, so it's a little expensive. So if you're eyeing up those really, really cool, really expensive BiPride flower shoes, which they're really fucking cool. I own a pair. You should buy them. You can use that 10% off and then come back and get yourself a skirt with pockets. Just saying never expires, but remember that saying nice things is always free. Leave us a good review on Apple podcasts, Podbean, Google stitcher, Spotify, whatever, and help us get more listeners. Also as a bit of news, I am currently in the process of putting all of bonus experiences back catalog up on YouTube. So you can look forward to that soon.
0: What is the contrivance of bonus level?
1: Bonus level is a show where me and, uh, it's currently just for other game designers, but I'll probably have other guests come on at some point. We attempt to play a video game while also talking about a tabletop topic, like usually a design topic or some sort of topic that requires a thought. (laughs) We specifically pick topics that <laughs> require thought while playing a game that's hard. And currently, we've been playing Paladins, Champions of the Realm, which is a team shooter, very much like Team Fortress 2, with a broader cast of characters closer to Overwatch. Uh, and so we are we attempt to be like, what makes a good character sheet? What's good ca- character generation design? How do you design good NPCs while also playing a team shooter in which we are being shot at?
0: <laughs> and, uh, is, there, is there somebody that has surprisingly strong feelings like i picture someone like in insert someone who is generally mild mannered like you're talking with vance and they're like yeah the key to a good character sheet is come on he was
1: right fucking there how can you miss him
0: making sure that there's adequate space for
1: (laughs) uh elliot has so far been one of our regular guests okay part of the core crew who's been doing this so far and elliot has all kinds of very smart, even keeled things to say, uh, and then we'll occasionally be like, "I'm dead." <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's very funny. Uh, also, D is of another cast member, and D has a tendency to just lose the thought. We'll be speaking a whole bunch, and then we'll be like, "Oh, I got a tank," and then, <laughs> and then just the thoughts gone. Yeah. So <laughs> the comedy, I hope, is in listening to us lose our train of thought yell at the game and try our best to get these coherent thoughts out
0: i picture d as eventually being the robert evans of rpgs and doing this like tell-all biography like i have been brought into fix call of cthulhu seventh edition and, uh, there he was <laughs> sandy peterson crying on the phone and as his... you could hear him sniffling <laughs> up a fine storm and i says to him i says boy y- I've been in this biz a long time. I've worked with better. I've worked with worse. We're going to get you through this, but it's going to cost you. <laughs> <laughs> and I slammed down my car phone and my 1997 Lincoln Navigator. And
1: I'm like <laughs> it's not not like that. Exactly. <laughs> if you like bonus experience, you'll also like FACA with advantage Ange and Jared love talking about RPGs and D&D. Together, they share insights into the games they're running in the campaign journal and then tackle a variety of topics that affect the game in the DM's workshop. They're going to talk anyway, so they might as well record it. Maybe you'll even pick up an ancient D&D factoid about a previous edition of the game that you'll never use.
0: In my head, you are tall enough. Uh, that you can double jump. I don't know how those two uh-huh. are done. Like, your normal jump is just an upward jump, but when you hit the space bar a second time, that's when we get the Monica
1: Whoosh!
0: thing. Yeah, and... uh,
1: I used to be strong enough to almost do that.
0: <laughs> to jump while jumping?
1: <laughs> yes. It's technically not impossible. I used to be, like, a college athletic high jumper.
0: Did you just, like, step over the bar for, like, pole vault? <laughs> I wish.
1: I wish. No, I did in fact have to run and then throw myself through the air over it. But you didn't like, use a pole yeah. though.
0: That was the No, thing. I didn't use a pole. Yeah. I'm not, I was not
1: a pole vaulter. I was a high jumper. Oh, That's where you okay. have to use your whole body, not the pole. Oh, oh the joke uh, I was
0: trying to set up was that you were so tall that you pole vaulted, but you like I didn't just need the pole. pole vaulted, you just like yeah. stepped over I, it.
1: <laughs> if only. I wish. Yeah. If only. There's a point at which at like serious competitive levels that that starts being pretty difficult, actually. I was pretty good. Like I was in the top like 100 in the country. That's pretty good. Top that's, top top fifty. Top fifty. Like I think top fifty. That's one per uh,
0: state, roughly. That's yeah, that amazing. is one per state, yeah, roughly. It, roughly. The
1: I missed going to the big like national tournament by like two people.
0: <gasps> yeah. That's when you needed yep. the choosing of chosen of endings. Yeah, <laughs> a series of unfortunate yeah. events. But yeah,
1: and people are like, "Oh, you weren't in the top ten. You weren't any good." And I was like, "Top fifty is really fucking good." Yeah. You're what like, are you "I don't think you about? understand
0: how much America there is in America."
1: <laughs> America, yeah. Like I, I've had a lot of people dismiss or downplay that as an accomplishment because I wasn't like the best and I didn't actually make the the event, which was a bummer because I missed it literally by like two people and because of alphabetical order. So what? You
0: got specked. Oh,
1: yeah! I was tied with a bunch of people for like the last slot. Mm. S comes after letters. Got the it. first level of the alphabet. Oh, that's so, bullshit.
0: Yep. Is that why you changed <laughs> your name from Zizzerstein?
1: Yes. Didn't, you know, <laughs> but, I should have. No. I should have gone higher on the alphabet. <laughs> exactly. To be honest. <laughs>
0: You're like, actually you'll notice that uh the first letter in my name is a non-breaking space, which alphabetically appears before all letters. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know those big like blue industrial trash cans, the ones that sometimes are on wheels. <sighs>
0: if this is a setup for an elaborate your fat joke, Monica, I am so here for no. it. But yes.
1: No, I could standing jump over one of those. Like wow. just from a ground, just <coughs> over it.
0: Yep. <laughs> I hope you made that audible noise. <laughs> You're like, I, yep. The hardest part is setting up the Bluetooth speaker so it makes the sound effect. Yeah. When I
1: now too heavy and not that strong.
0: It, gravity has also changed in the intervening time. I think we can yeah. all agree that everything is much heavier these days.
1: Um, yeah, at least as at least as far as this body situation is concerned. Yes, exactly.
0: I do like that as an idea though, that character development, rather than being necessarily a slow gradual process, Can be something that you like chunk when you have that flash forward or flashback or something like that and i think that's super neat as a way of saying how do we do character development in a way that i still feel like this is the character i fell in love with when i first created them or something like that i think that's a an interesting way of tackling it for for those of us who are like i like my character i don't want the world to hurt them
1: yeah Uh, it doesn't always have to be through pain I, there's a really great tweet an internet acquaintance of mine wrote that like I like saved and screenshot because it's stuck in my head forever because it really speaks to me about writing and character development and role play. and it's like says something to the effect of like suffering is easy healing is what's dynamic exciting and surprising. So I think there's also like people are recalcitrant to lean in on their character changing because they think it has to be through suffering but suffering is easy healing is what's exciting, dynamic dynamic and surprising. So it doesn't have to be negative. And I think we frame it negatively too much. And I think that's part of what scares people away from it. Does that, does that also make sense to you? It does
0: because frequently the positive things that happen are tied to those first two points. It's, oh, my character triumphed in this fight. I got XP. I now have this cool sword trick I have or character backstory development turns out you're the child of wizards or something like that and you get something (laughs) cool for that. And I feel like this ties back to a conversation I think you had at some point where you're like, why does no one in RPGs ever have a a girlfriend or ever like get married unless that is what the game is about? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Which is is why I like that those exist as arcs in Invisible Sun take a drink. (laughs) How do you feel about character development mechanics, essentially mechanics that kind of force you to change how your character plays like to me at the low end of the spectrum you have something like wound penalties like well you can't do that because your character in that way because your character is literally missing an arm that climbing thing isn't going to be quite the same you'll figure something out though to (laughs) say something like humanity in vampire or any of like the humanity like stats in chronicles of darkness to intimacies in exalted to character phrases in after the war, if you've ever played that.
1: I have not. That sounds cool. That vague description, I was like, I'm on board.
0: Uh, the, the TLDR for <laughs> go that. Go ahead, tell me, tell me. Yeah, you write up a whole bunch of statements that describe your character, like protect the village at all costs or something like that. If you have a an encounter that does not go your way, uh, like mm-hmm. if you don't win that dice roll, the world changes you. And one of your character statements changes slightly where it now may be defend your family at all cost village be damned or defend the village but know when you are defeated or something like that, where subtly your character statements change over time and the you and the storyteller uh-huh. kind of do that to represent the trauma that occurs from you dealing with essentially a group of space Borg trying to possibly infiltrate and destroy your new colony after earth was shattered in this space war. Right. So one of the hit point mechanics as it as it were, is you're like, yeah, you cannot not die Die, but in exchange you have to change your personal beliefs and if they change a certain amount of time your character kind of cracks or you can no longer change them they are set in who you are and once your character can no longer change who they are your character kind of dies like you're done playing that character okay and that is one of the so, cool mechanics oh, of I after such, the war
1: i have complicated feelings about everything you just said <laughs> like all your examples so like Okay, let's talk about intimacies because they're of that list of things. They're the one, the thing I'm most familiar with, and also we'll call the ones I like the best. I haven't actually played after the war, so I can't make a firm judgment on that. Intimacies are very interesting because they are little mechanical benefits for saying, I care about this thing. This thing is important to me. And they are meant to be changed. Even the the third edition take on them, which is a little bit more rigid than the essence take on them, are also still meant to be changed. And changing your defining intimacy is a momentous event. And I'm going to use intimacies as a good example here because they are, the way they work is organic with the way the game goes, right? I feel like Humanity is kind of a punishment mechanic for changing. Like, I now I'm not familiar with, as familiar with the newer World of Darkness stuff. So, you know, if you're like, they did it better this time. Okay, cool. Great. Don't fight with me in the comments. This is my memory of mostly what was first edition Chronicles of Darkness. And it would, the sins against the humanity track would, would be things that you would do in game, like fight. You would be like, okay, so we we got into this fight. I had to kill this guy. This is a a heavy moment, right? And then it's just like, and also we're going to punish your character's ability to continue to exist. And it's just like, stop. You put a punishment mechanic on what should have been an interesting moment of processing. I don't want character development mechanics like that to feel punitive. I want them to not push against the natural flow of the way a story unfolds, uh, which is way easier said than done. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And I think it's kind of the nature of playing a lot of dramatic, epic, or adventurous games that the consequences that are not you get stuff are generally going mm-hmm. to be negative frequently in the way the world responds mm-hmm. to you, whether it be like hit points or willpower or sanity or whatever. Like the the idea that you've created another mechanic that I now need to roleplay and is also another like gas tank but of morality is super weird to me sometimes because it is good to have a mechanic to support an idea but sometimes the mechanic abstracts it away too much like you want people to role play their descent into bestiality and vampire and the humanity (laughs) should hopefully be a guide where someone's like okay i lost a point of humanity because i killed a mortal continuing on like (laughs) I I have never yeah, figured then, out how to do that balance.
1: Then there's also that right, like so when you do things like okay, in vampire killing ordinary people seems like a thing that probably happens pretty often, <laughs> right? Like you're vampires. <laughs> I just the entire
0: mortal. What should I do? Yeah,
1: you're vampires, and like the first time you oops the whole mortal that probably should be a big deal, and then like become a thing you become callous to, and that's supposed to be like the horror, right? Like or at least part of the thing that makes you feel a little uncomfortable with being a sexy Dracula, right? Yes. That should be where your attention is in Vampire, is that like, I think you should want to play Vampire, have to have like, deal with the, oh God, I killed a guy. And then that become a thing that becomes commonplace. And then you reflect out of character, like, oh God, I really have become a monster, right? And that's the thing. And when you tack a like, and then also lose humanity on top of it, you're like, "What? what is resonant about this? Why did you make a little track that I tick a box off of when I lose humanity, like, literally?
0: So what do you feel is the line then between a good mechanic that aids character development and maybe a bad mechanic that aids character development?
1: You know, that's a good question because the good examples are few and far between. <laughs> Or maybe or maybe I just simply haven't played enough storytelling games to find the one that has a really great one, let yeah. me put it that way. Because someone's going to roll up and be like, this one indie game does it fantastically. And I'm like, cool, thank you. Send me a link and I'll buy it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, would, I would love to read it.
0: The thing I like about Intimacies is what they mm-hmm. are is on the character sheet. Mm-hmm. When it is see that the Scarlet Empire does not fall or avenge the fall of House Cessus or something like that, it is a clear yeah. directive. But when you mm-hmm. go from humanity seven to humanity six, it's dots. It, it's not like you went from indifferent to callous. Right. Like if that's how it were on the character sheet, I think that would be a little bit easier to me. The mechanic, when I look at it as a player needs to tell me what to do when I literally just look at what the mechanic is, as opposed to me being like, Oh, okay. I'm a humanity four, or uh, my needle and thread for changing the lost has gone to this, or uh my dissonance trade is now five. And now I have to like consult a table or something like that to see what my emotional response is. I like the idea of it being on the character sheet.
1: So I think the big difference is when we, pry the lid open of what's going on here is Mm -hmm. that like like you said humanity clarity trying to remember the ones from chronicles are a track a chart they do not reflect what your character values they don't reflect what your character cares about and they don't reflect what your character will do next right whereas an intimacy is simply a very straightforward representation of all of that which sounds a lot like the what was it this character statements from after the war Yeah, And like I think you you mentioned that like there's places where you must change those things and I also kind of feel iffy about that as well. I generally prefer rules to encourage wanting to do so instead of mandating it. I'm always a fan of like your mechanics should be cool enough to engage with that people do it without you having to force them to.
0: So I am a, I will agree in this game, the arrows towards this being the defining feature of you in, the, in this actually being a game about beliefs and how they change. I'm OK with it okay. being more right. forced. So, yeah, yeah which is true. context okay. you didn't have.
1: So and then I also probably shouldn't pass judgment on something I haven't read. Eh. in a game where that's not the central conceit I think you should encourage people to buy in and I'm still going to use intimacies as an example because they're good to have they inter- intersect directly with the social system so if you're going to play a social character you need to make it a point to t- determine the things you care about and you are not forced to change your intimacies when your character's opinions thoughts or feelings change but you can and it is in your best interest to do so because the system props all that up i actually really liked chronicles virtues and vices and like going way back i actually kind of liked nature and demeanor and i would almost like to see those rules be improved and brought back maybe not for exalted because exalted sure used nature i think it was one of the two because i remember i remember vampire had both yeah it's just nature no no demeanor just nature they, they, they were it they were interesting little character development bits
0: um but the thing i also like about intimacies is it gives you an interesting way to mechanically represent kind of cool social scenes where mm-hmm. in the same way that I think one of the cool things about Powered by the Apocalypse is you have things where you're like, okay, I have plus one position or I have plus one going forward against. Like I have a way on my character sheet to represent that this dude or doodad dude or, or uh, dude them likes me. Um, <laughs> and intimacies also let you do that. So when you say, hey, I'm writing down on the princess's character sheet that doesn't actually exist because i just made this up is inclined towards the circle of the five chosen and they're like ah, ah. so anything that kind of mechanizes that event occurring in a way that can be like recorded and is visible for the system hounds at the table i think is kind of neat and intimacies let you document that that moment of change in your character in an interesting way yeah. as opposed to just being like well you have one fewer point between now and damnation have funsies peace <laughs>
1: I think you're right there. I think when you have a system, especially, and we're just going to keep on rolling with Intimacies being the example here, when you have a system like that, then people try to buy in. Especially in the case of, like, intimacies Continuing, where the way they work in the social system for people who don't know is that they, in essence at least, they increase your social defenses against people trying to make you do things. So someone who is, if you care a ton about protecting your homeland, someone trying to get you to betray your homeland to the realm, your social defenses suddenly jump up because you're like, no, I care about that. Fuck you. (laughs) One of the things that Core 3rd Edition does that I actually really like is, is it has a thing called a decision point where, like... You can, when you're on the point of like maybe having to lose an intimacy, you have to make a hard decision and that is mechanically reinforced and stuff like that's pretty cool. And again, that's a thing you buy into because it's interesting because the social system supports it. And I guess I'm saying that you can have good character development mechanics as long as it syncs up with the rest of your, is as long as it means something to the rest of the game. You have to have a reason for those to be there. You can't just be like, well, do your role play and see what happens. People were already going to do that anyway. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I do like the idea that character development as a mechanic is good, but it kind of loses something if it just feels like there is, it is another health track that could be yes. potentially ground down as opposed to something that generates interesting bits and bobs that can reinforce somewhere else in the system. So you have a mechanic that basically says, yeah, you have these belief tokens. And some games do this with like touchstones or ways of returning sanity, which basically says, yeah, you have this resource that has been wound down over the course of gameplay. You can recover some of it by engaging with the things that remind you why your character is going up against Tap." And then there are mechanics for those potentially changing over time. I I like that Pillars of Sanity system in, like, the Gumshoe system. I haven't played it in Delta Green yet, but I know they exist. And those I think I'm also pretty cool with. Anything that fleshes out what characters are doing during their downtime in an interesting way that also points back at the game, I consider generally a good thing.
1: Do you have feelings on nature being a World of Darkness fan?
0: Nature and demeanor were systems whereby you had a noun and the thing that i thought was beautiful about it when my little seventh grade brain popped it open was wow these are all (laughs) nouns uh as opposed (laughs) as opposed to being like you're sorry
1: that's really funny anyway
0: yeah as opposed to someone being like oh jim's a dick no 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 i jim i'm not a dick i am merely an autocrat Ooh, an autocrat fancy um and 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 they were descriptors that on the nature side, it's who you really were. And whenever you played into it in a particular way, you would gain back willpower, which in the early editions of World of Darkness was a bit more scarce than the modern, at least in Mage, version of you get a point back if you get a good night's sleep. And then there was demeanor, which is how you came across to the world. There was no benefit to role-playing into that. I like the idea. They were too totalizing. Mm -hmm. There was no way of representing the strength of that so it was a world that was like running around completely full of a- of strong-willed assholes, which to some extent yes. is actually what the games were. So I get it's that, true. especially as yeah. a mage fan. I do like nature and demeanor. I Nowadays, I generally just have characters pick. How do you come across to other people? How do you think you come across to other people? And what are two character quirks about you? Because I am not playing games long enough for generally that nature and demeanor thing to really come into play too much.
1: Yeah, So so... Exalted 1st Edition, because it was very much sort of still climbing out of its world of darkness cocoon, still had nature. Didn't have demeanor, had nature. And then had virtues, which Essence is virtues, but 3rd Edition does not. Essence virtues are very informed by 15 years of other game design implementation in Mm -hmm. Essence. They were dots on your sheet in 2nd and 1st Edition. Uh, And I... Really liked them, even though they were kind of like, they kind of fell into the same trap as like humanity, where it's just like, here's some dots on your sheet. That means a thing. And like, I am not sitting here defending the quality of (laughs) nature and demeanor as mechanics, but I thought they were, for the time, interesting ways to present a reason to develop your character that were fresher and more interesting than, say, like alignment. And I think that they certainly could be revisited with a fresher look, that maybe mechanizes it a little better. I think there's something that could be salvaged and redone and be brought back with a fresh coat of paint and actually be really interesting. Like, I liked the concept of those things. The rules for them just (laughs) kind of sucked.
0: I like that it was pretty open and it did mm-hmm. not necessarily tie to genre so mm-hmm. anything that can inform theme and mood but is not necessarily tied to a genre I generally like in a game and that they certainly do yeah maybe tone it down a, a step and I'm curious to see what that would look like like I'm looking at story path and I wonder if it's one of those things where it's like if you do something tied to your nature that gets the group in into- trouble get momentum if you or or something like that um you could
1: do something like
0: that speaking of character (laughs) development the importance of every arc is that it ends unless it's the marvel cinematic universe or any of the number of properties that have just become this perpetual cash cow where stories have been replaced with the idea of a beginning and a middle and an end with a beginning and a middle 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 middle. that is a line i picked up from movies from mikey just to give full credit hopefully he hasn't been milkshaped ducked
1: so let's end this i as far as i know he hasn't i'm a fan Yay. Uh, Yeah, so you can always find the show at bxpcast.com, part of the Misdirected Mark Network. Bing! Thank you. You can send us an email with your thoughts and feelings to bonusexpcast at gmail.com, or you can do similarly on Twitter by adding us at bonusexpcast, and we will try to respond to you. If you want to come hang out with us, we have a Discord. There's a special patron room, but the community itself is open to everyone. You can go to tinyurl.com bxpdiscord, pop in and join us. Make sure you introduce yourself and say hi. We'd be happy to have you. Terry, where can they get more review?
0: I can be found at, at Terry Robinson on Twitter, where I post precisely zero spicy RPG takes. But if you would like my spicy game takes, you basically need to be, invite me onto your podcast or be a close friend of mine. I really have nothing in between, and maybe I should work on that. My other projects are Pain in the Dice. It is also done by a friend of the show, Chaz K., and we talk about our general thoughts on RPGs. Sometimes that includes something that are demi-spicy. I don't know if it still counts as a hot take if I have, like, footnotes. Like, I don't know if that breaks it out the hot take category, paininthedice.com. And also the mainstay of my time and where most people have heard me, Maids the Podcast, where we talk about the old World of Darkness game, Maids the Ascension.
1: And you can find me on Twitter. I am at ZenithSun. I have given up making hot RPG takes there. It's too much stress. I don't want to do that anymore. Now I just occasionally post about my life and like retweet art i do post more nuanced thoughts about tabletop rpgs including advice and design tips and stuff on my tumblr which you can follow at dice dash wizard how have you
0: been finding that
1: how do i like posting on tumblr yeah, i love tumbles. posting on tumblr yeah. i love the tumbles the tumbles yeah. is a much more pleasant experience because you you can easily banish people who, who bother you <laughs> like (laughs) it's so easy to just only like
0: asshat banishing gesture is a zero moat charm
1: (laughs) yes yeah it's permanent it comes part of the fixture like yep
0: and it's reflexive
1: (laughs) yes it's very easy to to curate your feed to only see things that that you want to see um tumblr has a really robust feature to like remove people or mute tags or block conversation. Um, and if you block someone, like if someone's shitty and replies to you and you block them, that reply disappears from the replies so nobody else can fight with them, which is fantastic because I had a, a thing about like, hey, here's a whole blog post about like, uh, don't include mechanics in your designs that remove players from the game, right? You're playing an RPG, this is not an elimination mechanic, and it's really boring to, to have to sit on your hands while everyone else gets to have fun for three hours. And things that like stun characters or whatever, keep them from participating is actually actively shooting yourself in the foot. If you are designing a traditional game,
0: realistic recovery mechanics.
1: So, and then someone was like, somebody was like, that's toxic to game designers. And I was like, (laughs) one, read my pin post, which is literally a list of everything that you can, everything I've worked on that's in publication right now. And it's massive. And that's not even the stuff that's not even out yet. And two, begone from my mentions in Significant Worm, and I just blocked them. And then right. that reply disappeared, and nobody else can fight with that dipshit.
0: What would it be? Recitation of Honorable Endeavors? That sounds like a good social charm. Like, does that yeah, scan as a I charm? Like that. Okay, got it. That
1: yeah. does scan as a charm. I like yeah. that. It's not that there's not tr- trouble or discourse on Tumblr. It's just that it's very easy to not engage with it at all as opposed to twitter which is designed specifically to make you mad so you keep using it yeah
0: Re- recitation of honorable accomplishments is the charm don't try me is the knack right I
1: think. Okay, <laughs> yes <just try>. yes <laughs> um, yeah or the the name of the stunt that the knack gives you everybody get out
0: yeah uh, get out of
1: here terry i gotta go eat lunch change it if you want to have to do this? Really? Ugh. Fine. Bonus experience is written and produced by Monica and Ray. And edited by Margaret. What the fuck? You don't even give me credit? Our logo and art is by Nino Studios. Find her on Facebook and Instagram. Our theme song is Reuse Noise with the Light by CDK and is used under the attribution non-commercial Creative Commons license. BXP is a part of the Misdirected Mark Network. What? No. I'm not making a stupid gaming pun. Bye.